Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, guys, it is mid-October and we are entering into one of our favorite times of the year. If you are a listener of the podcast, you know we love all things scrape related. Whether that be creating mock scrapes in a new area or adding scent profiles to pre-existing scrapes. These are tactics we like to utilize this time of year to either get an inventory of bucks in a new area or to try and get that target buck into a specific kill location. Now, when it comes to anything mock scrape related or scent related, there's no one we trust more than Brush Creek Monsters. Myself, Chris, and many of our other team members love utilizing their natural scrape vines for any of our mock scrapes. Another one of our favorite products is their Doe on Fire Estrus, which will be available within the next week. One of my favorite things about Brush Creek is that all of their scent products are natural. They come from their deer herd. There are no additives. So you know when you get a bottle of Doe on Fire, it comes from a specific doe. It is bottled fresh and shipped out quickly. Like I said, they're going to have does coming into estrus within the next week. However, they do have a limited supply. So if you're wanting to check out any of Brush Creek Monsters products or get a bottle of Doe on Fire, go to BrushCreekMonstersLLC.com. That is one word, BrushCreekMonstersLLC.com. Hey, everybody. Rick here from Fueled by the Outdoors, and I'm here to tell you about a wonderful company, Saddies custom ammunition and gun works. Aaron Satterfield and his family have been turning out some awesome game loads lately. Uh, I've been using the Saddies Fatties uh, turkey loads and I gotta tell you, they stop a bird dead. Chris uh, used a 20 gauge this year, I used a 12, Josh used a 20, and uh, my son actually killed one with a 410 this year with uh, one of the Saddies loads, and my god, do they put the birds down like crazy. Aaron Satterfield and his family have a wide-ranging array of ammunition. Custom game loads, predator loads, turkey loads, the Saddies Fatty, and also they do gun work. Please get a hold of them with any questions that you have in terms of your custom ammunition needs. Go to saddiesllc.com. That's S-A-T-T-I-E-S-L-L-C.com and tell them that Rick from Fueled by the Outdoors sent you. buck down baby oh my gosh that was freaking awesome this is my first public land buck this is my second set of the season i can't oh my gosh i just heard him fall i just heard him fall uh. i just shot my kentucky buck Hey everybody, welcome to Fueled by the Outdoors. I'm your host, Chris Leppert, and tonight I am co-hosted by Mindfund Josh Luck. What's up, dude? Hey, how's it going? Oh, not too bad. Uh, I guess we're going to talk about some pee-pee tonight, huh? 
<laughs> all about it. Nose is on fire. So we went out to um, our buddy's father's house last night. He owns a deer farm. They're called Brush Creek Monsters. And had I not had my little boy with me, who is two and a half years old, we could have stayed there for a really long time talking and Josh would have had to call in to work today. Um, I think we were there till damn near 10 o'clock at night last night. And it's like an hour and something away. So um, we just wanted to kind of bring you some of these tactics and uh, to kind of go further, um, we are going to bring you an extra episode each week for the next few weeks anyways. Um, just so you guys can basically, you know, get more content. And it's it's really, to, you know, tough to talk tactics and different topics when you're also trying to have guests. So gives us a chance to share what's in our, our minds, I guess. Yeah, we, we just wanted to take kind of this, what most people consider like the prime time of the season. You know, these uh, this will come out, I believe, on October 27th. Um, but over the next four or five weeks or so, um, just try and bring um, an extra episode, uh, one where we kind of deep dive on the, some specific tactics. Um, this week is going to be about uh, using scent products because this is fairly applicable to this time of year. Uh, and we had some really good conversations with Brad, the uh, owner of Brush Creek, uh, last night that got us thinking. Um, and we, we just wanted to do a deep dive on how we've used scents on scents that we like and then uh, some of the topics that we talked about with brad on um because he's he's a big scent hunter um and he was telling us some of the tactics that he uses and what the kind of mistakes he sees guys um doing out in the woods when using scents and then um, some of the stuff that he really likes to do in order to kind of make um make everything as realistic as possible to help draw in a, a mature buck. So that's kind of what, what we wanted to hit on tonight. Yeah. So uh, first and foremost, just want to kind of give you, I guess, uh, a rundown what we think is kind of cool with these guys. So they've, they've had deer for a really long time, worked on other deer farms. So they're pretty knowledgeable when it comes to the animals. And, um, Brad was telling us <clears throat> last night about how he basically guarantees that every single bottle is not just a single doe, but it's estrus. It's not fake. Uh, I am of the opinion, maybe Josh is as well, um, that sometimes or most of the time, almost never, <laughs> Uh, I, I don't believe you're getting estrus most of the time. If you are, uh, it's what is referred to as herd estrus, where you have, you know, eight deer and one of them's in heat. The others aren't. That can be kind of confusing to a buck sometimes, I think. But um, I just don't know that if you're not using the proper science, basically, to bring her into heat, that you could guarantee that she's in heat. So while I won't go into exactly how they do it, because um, I don't I don't know that he wanted that all mentioned because it's pretty different, but essentially 
the same way that your veterinarian would bring a deer, horse, cow, whatever, into heat to be bred at a certain time, that is how they are getting asterisks. We won't go into that process, but it's a thing. And I noticed some pretty good um, results last year. I think some of our other team members did as well. And it just, you know, the first time I used it, I felt like it worked. And it wasn't just because I saw a buck or, you know, whatever. It was what I saw from the buck, his his reaction and, um, you know, just watching him work. So, um, but we're going to dive pretty deep into some of our tactics. So, um, Josh, you want to talk about one of the sort of misconceptions that Brad sort of corrected me on with using basically a whole damn bottle at a time? <laughs> yeah. Uh, just before that, just a little bit more information on, on the owner, Brad. It's uh, our buddy Pierce that, you know, you hear Chris, uh, Chris and us mention all the time on the podcast. He's really good deer hunter and killed some nice deer. Brad is his father, um, who's also a big buck killer and uh, has hunted public and private and just has a really good understanding of um, just a mature buck and their um, their personalities, characteristics, how their nose works. And he's, a, he's literally around deer every day. That's what he deals with. Um, <clears throat> so it's really nice talking with him and getting to know him because he's got an entire wall of big bucks. And just when when you talk to him about his his deer farm and and his products, like he's got a really good understanding of what works in an actual hunting situation. Um, he likes all of his stuff like that natural scent. Um, you know, nothing, no additives, nothing synthetic. Um, you know, because you know deer can tell. Like he was he was talking to us last night how he'll have a whole herd of does and fawns and then he'll, he'll let one fawn out and that fawn will, or that doe will run into this herd and go to her specific fawn out of all these different deer out there. So they're able to identify individual deer. And, um, like Chris said earlier, some, some of these products, when you're, when you're getting that, when you don't know how they're collected and you're getting this like herd P or herd estrus, like it can be very confusing. The other thing I don't like is, when they get to a certain temperature, they can start to break down. Um, so at, if you don't know how they're stored, like I, I never had any luck with any of the store, this kind of things you, you see in like Walmart and stuff. Um, and I, I mean, you just don't know how it's stored. You don't know how it's collected and you don't really, I mean, deer can, can tell a quite a bit with their nose. Um, and I, I honestly think they could tell like, Okay, that's definitely a doe and estrus, or that's not a doe and estrus, you know. Um, but <clears throat> back to what Chris was saying about the common misconception. Usually, when I mean, I was I was the same way when I was younger and, and using scents. I would go to the store, get you know some. I I used to always get tinks, um, and the and the bottles there, and then I'd go out and I would get my scent wick and dip a ton of it in it and hang it somewhere and then i would sling a bunch around and just in my mind i'm like i'm gonna get as much scent as possible in the air so it carries as far as it can and bring in you know bucks from miles away or all these different directions um and actually 
what when we were talking to Brad about this, he was saying that that's something that you should really not do. That's a very common misconception with hunters. Um, and he, he got to talking about, you know, watching a doe when it comes into estrus and, and watching her body language. And he said, if you, if you watch closely, her tail will be cocked almost at like a 45 and you know, she's receptive. And in the wild, uh, what did he say? They're in heat for about three days, right? They're receptive for three days. And when they have that estrus, he said, they do not like to waste it like one bit. So when you see a doe walking through, you'll see her squat and pee. And she only lets out like a few drops. It's not like she just dumps a gallon bucket on the ground and then walks away. It's she'll, she'll lay down a scent trail. Basically she'll walk and then squat and, you know, just drop a, a couple drops and then rub it on her legs and get it in into that gland and, walk 20 more yards a couple more drops and it's it's not like this ton of scent all around um and he's saying that's that's something that he sees a lot of guys make a mistake and when when you broadcast the scent you really kind of confuse a buck because they can't cut a specific track and they're used to following a specific track um, so when you broadcast around like chris did this last year um, and he noticed it and he didn't I feel like it didn't dawn on you until you we were talking to Brad last night. But you basically threw all the estrus in like a big circle, right? And then you witnessed that buck like a dog kind of going back and forth, just trying to figure out where that quote-unquote doe went, trying to cut her track, and he couldn't, yeah. he couldn't tell. Yeah. Now, I will add uh, the doe was fake. It was me, so he yeah. couldn't have cut her track. <laughs> so I will say that. But I could have done scent, like scent trail. I'm sorry, I should have said scent trail, not yeah, track. I probably like I and I didn't leave any kind of scent trail. I literally just circled that scrape mm -hmm. with like the size of a house. You know, I used the entire bottle, and I feel like it worked. Um, but I probably could have done better. You know, with rather than making a big circle, put some out here, put some out there, and you know, draw him towards me or something. Which luckily mm -hmm. he came towards me anyway. I was a dipshit and missed him, but um, I mean, what he's saying makes a lot of sense. The thing that I'm actually excited about is who puts out two to four drops of pee at a time. Probably almost nobody, mm -hmm. unless they're poor. Like, unless they don't want to have to buy another bottle, most guys are buying bottles and bottles and they soak everything in it and all that. And I'm like, you know, this could be more recognizable to a deer as being realistic and not kind of, you know, those big, older, mature deer are like, oh, there's Elmer dipshit again with his gallon of piss. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll go, I'll walk right over, buddy. Be right there. Well, now you lay down a scent trail with, you know, two or three drops. 50 yards, two or three drops, another 50, 75 yards, same thing. All of a sudden, you might get a different reaction from that deer that you're trying to bring in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he's, they've designed their bottles, their, their dough on fire, the, the bottle caps are, it's, it's like a dropper. So you can, you can flip it over and shake it and it'll just, a couple drops come out. Uh, and he, Brad says he'll, he'll 
just like a doe, he'll a couple drops, walk 10, 15 yards, a couple drops, and he'll, he'll create this scent trail of where he wants his buck to go. And he'll even, and he said what a lot of guys do is they'll stop at like a tree that's like in front of them and they'll put like a scent wick up. And what he likes to do, he likes to keep their head on the ground. Because once you get that deer's head up in the air, right, the chances of him possibly seeing you go up. So he'll take his dropper and do a couple drops and he'll he'll go past his stand. And he wants... He'll try and get to a good location where he can shoot the deer without being seen. You know, that quartering away shot is what he was talking about. And he said he'll drop and look at a stand like, okay, he, if he's here, he's quartering away. I have a perfect shot. And I thought that was, that was really good. Oh, yeah. The other thing that I like to do is almost play defense. Um, I'm going to try to put this as best I can, but let's say you've got a north and south running secondary ridge and you have a west wind and you expect that deer to come from the northeast quartering into that wind. Um, A lot of us are hunting what we call the just off wind to where basically that deer's headed right to you And eventually he is going to get your wind if you don't shoot him before he hits it. So what I like to do is throw some piss out and try to basically have it just ahead of my wind. So when he'll hit that before he hits my wind and then it draws him over, turns him broadside, quarter away, whatever, you know, you're looking for. And then another trick that you could even do is put some behind a tree so you can grab your bow, draw your bow, you know, turn your camera on, whatever you need to do, and try to, like, confuse him a little bit just to get him to stop. So just some tactics I like to use. No, that's that's pretty much how I like to use mine as well. I'm playing that just, that just off wind is what I'm trying to do. And like I said, you can play defense depending on which way they're coming lay down that scent trail just just before they would catch your wind and then get them to, you know, skirt around you into a nice shooting lane. Um, but that's right. And during this time of the year, that's what bucks are going to be doing, right? They're going to be on the downwind side of some doe bedding or they're going to have some sort of crosswind, um, you know, quartering to them most likely during this time of year because they're, they're scent checking these areas for these does. So, I'll give you an example of how I plan to use it this weekend. Um, we have a lot of the uh, south winds right now, and they're they're going to switch to. I want to say it switches to northwest. Um, it keeps changing a little bit, but it's supposed to switch to northwest. Now I'm, and I hunted the same spot the other evening, um, and I actually passed a nice young ten pointer. Um, I'm probably going to set the same area. So I have to, to try and paint the picture. Uh, bedding would be to the south and southeast, real thick bedding cover. Um, and and there's some some kind of east on the neighbors. But there, I'm at this pinch point off the bedding 
uh, this funnel area, if you will. And uh, I'm going to be hunting near some mock scrapes that'll be on this trail out in front of me. So with with the northwest wind, I can play the just off wind if they're coming south of me, right? So the that's my if I'm if the wind's coming north from the northwest, my scent will be blowing southeast, right? Um, and I'm kind of expecting them to come from the south, so I'm playing that just off wind. So they'll come south down this trail. So I plan to use that doe on fire down that trail and a couple drops along that trail to where they'll come out in front of me and i'll have a i have a mock scrape right there at the intersection of some trails it's 12 yard chip shot hopefully and um, that's how i plan on using it this weekend and then i i another product i don't think we mentioned um i mentioned scentwicks earlier but brush creek and another thing that i think was really smart on there on their end we were talking to Brad about, I asked him about scent wicks in general, because <clears throat> when he was telling us about how he doesn't like to broadcast the scent because it confuses the deer, I was like, well, how do you like to use scent wicks? Because people just douse them in doe estrus or dopey and then hang it up. And he said he doesn't like to use them, mainly because if you have a steady wind, what do you say, within, you know, 10 minutes or so, that thing's going to be dried up. Yeah, a lot of times if you have a good wind, it'll it'll dry it up pretty quick. Yeah, and it's not going to have the same effect you want. So they took, um, basically, they, they make scrape vines that we all use for our mock scrapes. Uh, but they have these thicker vines that they drilled out. And then they have, uh, it's like a wick on the very bottom of it. But to keep the doe estrus fresh, you can pour it into the top of that. And it's got a cork. And he said, you got about two hours with it. But you put it in this hollowed out vine with the wick at the bottom and you fill it up with the estrus and you can hang it. And he likes to hang it up in scrapes and that. So I was going to hang it up in that mock scrape and it's got a fresh, just steady drip. And I got two hours with it where it's going to just gradually drip in, into that mock scrape. And that's going to, I'm going to have that scent trail go to that. Um, so that's, that's how I plan on using it this upcoming weekend uh, and i think i think I'll, I'll definitely have an encounter with something there i'm hoping it's one of two bucks uh, but we will see what do you got you've got the blind eye buck and you've got richard right yeah <clears throat> so the blind eye buck is at least six if not seven he's blind in his left eye he's a 10 pointer um, he's about the same size last year um He's not like huge. I think he's about as big as he's going to get. He's probably he's in the forties, for sure. Um, but he's just he's one of those elusive bucks that just keeps living out there. And I'm like, man, I want an encounter with him. Um, he daylighted on the 18th on that mock scrape. He's got one eye. Yep. Isn't that depressing? (laughs) He's got one eye. (laughs) He's got one eye. And he when I got him on video that mock scrape, he came one to back. I was like, this makes zero sense. I think he was just checking areas. Yeah. During this time, he was checking some areas he usually goes to. So, hoping to get an encounter with him. And then there's Richard, who's at least four, if not five. Um, he's another big nine. I don't, I don't know if he'll score as well as the blind eye. Uh, he is a little bigger than last year. I'm, I'm thinking he's like 
at least upper 30s. Uh, he might be in the low 40s. Uh, we'll see. I'm hoping to get an encounter with him. He actually showed up on camera uh, last night. Uh, but he'll he'll be in there. He daylighted last year on November 1st on that mock scrape. And uh, the day after my son was born on no the morning of November 3rd. So... Hey everybody, Rick here from Fueled by the Outdoors, and I'm here to tell you about a wonderful company, Saddies, custom ammunition and gun works. Aaron Satterfield and his family have been turning out some awesome game loads lately. Uh, I've been using the Saddies Fatties uh, turkey loads, and I gotta tell you, they stop a bird dead. Chris uh, used a 20 gauge this year, I used a 12, Josh used a 20, and uh, my son actually killed one with a 410 this year with uh, one of the Saddies loads, and my god, do they put the birds down like crazy. Aaron Satterfield and his family have a wide-ranging array of ammunition, custom game loads, predator loads, turkey loads, the Saddies Fatty, and also they do gun work. Please get a hold of them with any questions that you have in terms of your custom ammunition needs. Go to saddiesllc.com. That's S-A-T-T-I-E-S-L-L-C.com and tell them that Rick from Fueled by the Outdoors sent you. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's about to get really good. Oh yeah, um, I'm hoping hoping this kind of these scent tactics are gonna are gonna bring something in. This is I don't know. In my opinion, this is the best time of year to use it because I feel like those more mature bucks really those are. I feel like those mature bucks are the ones that are you feel or that I feel are always seeking out the, that first hot dough. Yep. It's like, I feel like you see the mature bucks towards the very beginning. And then like at the end, when it starts to drop off, you can get them in the middle there, but I'm always trying to key on that end of October. Yeah. Cause I'm like, if I feel like that's the time to capitalize on, on, a, on a mature buck. I always prefer the rise and the fall of the rut, you know, that mm. height of the pre-rut and um, then the, you know, the downward swing. But another interesting thing too is if you've got bucks on camera that are, you know, at least probably somewhat reasonable as far as like, you know, they're not bedded two miles away. That end of October time is when they make mistakes. And they're not, you know, to, to preface this, they're not walking around like morons but you just get them in daylight oftentimes in the morning 
Mm-hmm. The, the morning movement picks way up. I've noticed it on my cams. I think you've had the same. Um, and a lot of, you know, bigger hunters out there, especially guys who key in on this time of year, they agree. You know, the morning movement is phenomenal this time of year. So um, it's going to be an interesting end to this month, that's for sure. Yeah, and I wanted to hit on something with just just with sense in general, because I know you had this question last night, Chris, about buck piss. Um, you know, like you said, this is the time of year where you, where you those bucks are making some mistakes, coming around a little bit more in daylight. Um, I know a lot of guys will will use buck piss either by itself in like some scrapes, or try and do it in conjunction with some estrus just to make it, just to try and paint a picture, I guess. I've never used it in conjunction, um, but when we were talking with Brad, he does not like to mix the two during this time of year. He's more um, use that that buck piss and some of those scrape vines a little bit earlier in October, um, where you know your bucks are are trying to establish their areas. Um, but when you start to get where does are popping, he doesn't like to use buck piss. He just likes to use estrus. Uh, because, and he put it, he's like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pussy bucks out there, which is true. He said it. He, he said t- it. Hey, I'm just using his words, but, but I agree. And if, if you're, especially if you're unfamiliar in an area, or if you don't have a lot of history with deer and don't know their like personality, I would stay away from using buck piss right now and just stick with the estrus. And I, I had mentioned this last night. Like you'll you'll get these trail cam pictures of of really nice big deer, and their their rack is like untouched. And this is the time of year you should start seeing them being busted up. And I feel like if you have a mature buck, that's just a tank. Let's say it's just you got like a 50, 60, 170, and there's not a scratch on him, and his rack is intact. That deer's probably not getting into many fights. So if you're if you're putting that buck piss in in a scrape and essentially trying to challenge other deer, like he he may avoid that area. So I would I would caution on against using it. And I think Brad was kind of saying that too. At least at least right now, I thought that was yeah. another good tip. I mean, it makes sense to me. Um, the way he put it too was, there's a lot of guys that are big but act like little bitches like when the time comes you know they're not ready to fight a lot of times you're smaller guys are little scrappers and that's just like that you know five or six inch base buck that's going to score 129 inches and he's all broken up he's his ears are split out in multiple spots he's got a body on him from hell where he looks like he's built like a bull, big old head, neck, whatever. Just not going to score well. It's not an impressive looking deer. It'll beat the shit out of every other deer on the farm. And they call them bully bucks. And it was a really good point that he and Josh made about the you know, the big, gorgeous, 180-inch typical, you know, that is unbroken in every way, doesn't have anything wrong with his ears. You look at him and you're like, how are you not broken up? Your tines are, you know, you're giving up 
a lot of leverage with those long tines and all that. Well, makes sense. He's one of the guys that just wants to go find that beautiful little girl, we'll call it, and uh, do his thing. So he's not he's a lover, not a fighter. Mm-hmm. Now, I would say if you're targeting a bully buck, the buck piss might work. Really make a man. Uh, but if if you're let's say if you're on a new piece of public, because a lot of people are traveling right now during this time of year, I I would just stick with the estrus just to play it safe. Uh, I'm hoping to kill in Ohio soon, because then I want to jump into Kentucky, and then in Kentucky I'll just use the estrus. Yeah, um, I'll be I'll be bouncing around to maybe a couple different pieces of public in Kentucky, and then. So, what is your plan when you? don't have the correct wind to hunt your dad's ranch. It's not a ranch. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, I don't have too many winds I can't hunt it on. There are winds that the more mature bucks prefer, but during this time of year, they can come pretty much anywhere. It just depends. Um, but let's say if it was earlier in the season, I'm not like big on west winds there because they randomly bed on that on that neighbor's property to the east. Um, I would there's a couple spots in Kentucky I want I want to hit. Um, during this time of year, I would focus on trying to find funnels down one side of doe bedding. Um, it's a, it's still the end of October, so they're. They're still going to hit scrapes pretty good right now. Uh, I would probably find uh, a very active scrape right outside the bedding cover on a funnel. Uh, that seems to be the ticket in a lot of cases. Um, once I feel like once you get to a little bit past those first few days of November, that scrape activity really dies down. Um, I don't notice it as much. And then towards the end of the quote-unquote rut, it'll it'll pick back up. But I feel like right now is a good, really good time to hone in on scrapes. That that's what I did Sunday, and I passed that that younger ten point that's got great potential. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna be excited to watch you bounce around on some public a little bit. Um, if you end up not having proper conditions uh for the private farm um it'll be neat to hear what you experience both with deer activity and scouting and all that but also pressure because this is man everybody comes to ohio they're going to hit the 150 and 160 trees you pick you know however many you want off of there because it's easy here and our deer are stupid um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, what you experience, how you're able to avoid and circumnavigate or use said pressure from all the out of state crew and all that. So, yeah, if, if for some reason I don't get anything down with the time I have off in Ohio and let's say we get into like that third week in November, I might, I might just start bouncing around to Kentucky and then save my fathers yeah. again for like late season. Yep. That's smart. Um, 
Yeah, and I do apologize, by the way. I missed our last podcast. Um, for those that may have or may not have missed me, uh, I have been hunting my ass off um, on a pretty good deer and feel like I want to devote my time to that deer, but uh, I didn't get out of the woods in time to meet up on here with Josh and Rick, so they had to handle it on their own. Um, it's going to be a it's going to be an interesting next you know week or two though could get good yeah it could get really good uh here in ohio got a little bit of a warm spell this week it's uh, that's not going to affect anything um nope. i would still get out and hunt uh we do have some rain coming this weekend which i'm not overly excited about because when it's warm and rainy i feel like there's not like a ton of movement and if you're someone that really follows weather like our barometer is continuously falling throughout the week uh and then once you hit sunday sunday night into monday it starts to really jump up um let's see sunday morning it is at 30 which is still don't get me wrong 30 still high then it goes from 30 sunday morning to monday morning or yeah monday morning it's 30.22 which is like a big jump in the barometer um and we're supposed there's supposed to be like a um it's supposed to rain quite a bit and then stop i think that monday morning so i think that's a recipe to you need to be in the woods especially on october 30th yep and then temps are supposed to like plummet uh tuesday as of as of right now, that said the high was like 48, 49. God. And then a little colder on Wednesday. Thursday morning was like in the upper 20s. And I was like, oh. Yeah, I may try to get some child care for that morning because we've yeah, got. I may call in sick at work. We, we've got Halloween, of course, you know. So you're going trick-or-treating as a dad. And then. The next day is my daughter's birthday, and there's no way I'm not cooking my daughter dinner for her birthday. I, I gave her the option that we could either bake a cake together, make cupcakes, or choose to make cake pops. So the homemade cake pops are pretty, pretty slick. So I will be out of commission for two very, very good days, but I'm hoping I can get out on the second. Yeah, I have the same thing. I have Theo's birthday party and Halloween trick-or-treating. Yeah, but you've got Theo's birthday party um, just this weekend, right? Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. this weekend. I'm saying like, so I've got Colleen's regular birthday party and then just our immediate, like me, her, you know, the wife and kid oh. thing and her little special time as well, so. Um, yeah, I I work on the second anyway, so we'll go. I'll just come home. The plan was to come home after work and do something with them. Just tell them you died. <laughs> Call into work on the second and say I'm, I'm really I'm pretty sure I'm gonna tell Madison like I'm hunting uh, the the evening of the first right after like I want to leave work and then go straight <laughs> to the woods. Yeah. Oh. It's going to be, so, it's the best time of year. The only thing I don't like about this time of year is when the leaves really start falling, when you don't have that, like, 
windstorm that takes them off. Dude, it drives me nuts because it's constant motion and you can't hear anything. And I actually had my number one buck screwed up because of that. Me and my buddy Matt Amrine were hunting together. It was like October 30th, maybe 29th, 70-something degrees by you know 10.30 in the morning or whatever. And the leaves are just coming down. And I'm around some sycamores and poplars, so the big-ass leaves are falling. And he whispers, buck. And I'm like, oh, you know, I don't want to spook. You know, it's probably a little buck. No big bucks walking around at, you know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock in the morning, you know, when it's this hot out. I'm looking everywhere and I can't see this deer. And finally, it starts to move from my left to my right as I turn and I catch movement. And he starts to move and I look and I'm like, Oh my God, that's him. And I made just about every wrong decision you could. I like, and it, you know, it was early October. It, you know, I didn't want to screw up, but now I'm like, man, you should have been aggressive, you moron. Like, I could have easily just stood up fast, grabbed my bow, and stopped him at 30 yards. He was at 24 yards, and I had no clue. Yeah. And so then. I tried and tried, you know, I didn't like want to force a shot or anything. And Every time I had the angle, I, I didn't have, you know, a window. And then when I had a window, I didn't have the angle or whatever. And I'm like, damn it. I snort wheezed. I did everything I could to get that deer to give me another chance. And he just walked out of my life forever. I never got him on camera ever again. Maybe that should be our next tactic talk. Uh, we just did sense, and maybe we should do like sense. vocals and noise. Common sense. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can rattling. solve that. Just don't use any of that shit unless you're psych <laughs> calling. No, um, I think you got to use it in certain circumstances. Yeah, but pretty. I'm pretty limited although i should probably stick my grunt tube in my bag now um yeah that's what i'm gonna catch do. That, you catch that big bastard walking you know 80 yards away and dump a soft grunt over your right shoulder and get him to come in and check it i mean it could be the difference between him not coming in or him coming in and then you know okay he circles downwind well you got all that piss out and then he hits that piss and then he comes in you know stuff i mean it could work. Is it going to? There's a good chance that it's not going to. Mm -hmm. But if it does, it's like going for two. You look like a genius when it works. Normally you look like a dumbass that should have <laughs> taken the, the extra point in this day and age, but you get what I'm saying. So, Well, what else you got? You got anything else? Um, No, I think we kind of covered most things on sense that I wanted to cover, at least tactics that we like to use, uh, we plan to utilize. Um, the only other thing I would hit on is possibly mock scrapes. If Oh, yeah. We're, we're getting in that time, like when the next, so this is coming out on the 27th, I do think scrapes are really good still right now. 
but once once you get into some chasing it, it kind of it really dies down um but it'll it'll pick back up uh like you, you said chris on like the downhill side um but we like to use the brush creek the um, scrape finds and one thing we like about them they're they're natural so there's two two things with the scrape finds uh and brad was talking i knew like if you cut a vine it drips but i thought it was water it's actually sugar so he said so with their scrape vines so they they cut these scrape vines and they'll they'll leak sugar so when they they hang them and they they take you know they wear gloves when they hang them and then they they hang them on i think he's got cedars in his pins but they hang them on the cedars and because the sugar is dropping their bucks just hit them right away and um and even they'll get does and, and they'll hang on the dope ends and the does will hit them. They'll, they'll hit them right away because they're getting the sugar. Well, they'll, they'll lick and chew on the branch, but then also they start, they'll rub their forehead and stuff on it too. So it gets all, all those different scents on there. And then they, you know, bag it up carefully and then they'll, they'll ship it. So that's one thing. That's one of the reasons I like to use those is because everything's so natural with it. Um, and if anyone's ever used, vines before in scrapes they they tend to work pretty dang well oh yeah um but you can definitely still utilize a mock scrape and and adding scent profiles to it um like using utilizing those vines so either like an existing one um or if you want to make a mock scrape um just adding you want to paint the i like to think of it as i'm painting the picture as there's multiple deer visiting the scrape yep and i feel like when there's multiple deer visiting the scrape like if you get a cruiser coming by like he's more apt to come to it because he's intrigued by it it's like oh like yeah. why is why is everyone coming over here like let's check out the the town bar over here right um so i i still think using that as a good tactic just like the estrus like hunting just off wind on those is mm -hmm. And you can combine those, like I said earlier, which is what I plan on doing this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we should probably also mention that he talked about, since you could get multiple bottles, like multiple different does, basically, mm -hmm. um, in estrus, you could go to your spot and put out some estrus from, let's say, doe number one, we'll call her, and then go back a, a couple days later and possibly have that buck's interest peaked in kind of hanging close looking for that doe waiting for it to come through and use a different doe and heat even and then possibly kill him so another little tactic that he mentioned yeah, yeah that's nice about this like, like it's an individual doe to, to the bottles so you could use doe one and then a couple of days later use doe two completely different deer so that buck may be like, oh, there's there's another doe in this area. Like now I'm now I'm really interested. There's two girls in here. Oh, daddy might get lucky. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, we wanna we wanna wrap this thing up and yeah. uh wrap it get up. Some sleep. All right. Well, guys, before I go, I'll give you a quick season update since I didn't get to give mine. Uh, I suck at life and missed a 140-inch eight-pointer that I made the move of my life on um, on public land. Uh, since then, you know, it's been kind of up and down, and I found a pretty good deer to hunt, and um, 
I'm having to hunt him way differently. I, I can't be as aggressive as I like to. So uh, that's pretty much my update since, you know, I've last updated. So mm, there's one other update. Oh, help me out. There was, there was a, a doe. All the dough I screwed up on. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I said, I said in the last podcast that you've had some lows, but I didn't want to speak yeah, for you. It's, it's, it's been rough. So, um, I went low on that buck and it was yardage, but I kind of wonder if I've been dropping my bow arm. I had a doe, had her dead to rights at 30 yards, knew the yardage. And, and you can be off by, you know, one or two yards if you're me even because uh, my gnome-like draw length. But um, I can be off by a couple. You know, if it's if I shoot her for 30 and it's 32, not a big deal. But um, I went low. I hit the deer low. And the way I saw the arrow hit her, I thought I smoked her. And she literally face planted into the ground twice uh, I, I just put my bow down and was like oh my god that deer smoked but one thing i found very odd was her tail never tucked it was always up and so i get down and look at my arrow and i don't have any blood on my arrow and i'm like what in the hell so a couple things I, I think I might have dropped my arm. I also think that I didn't account for the angle that I need needed to. Um, and come to fi find out, it was literally a flesh wound. I, I think that deer probably bled less than any deer I've ever wounded. And I've wounded my fair share. Like, I'm not perfect, and, and by all means, shit happens. Um, but... My God, it was just like, man, I went low again. Like, what what the hell's going on with me? So, in my bow, dude, I'm shooting like amaze balls in my yard. I, I can't, it's just been one of those seasons. But, you know, I kind of did that same thing with turkey season. I missed a couple times and then ended up having a great season. So, maybe we'll turn that shit around. And, I mean, I literally had my best turkey season ever. So, maybe we'll have our best deer season ever. There we go. Let us pray. Mm -hmm. So, with that being said, this has been Fueled by the Outdoors, and we've been your hosts, Chris Leppert and Josh Luck. We really appreciate you guys tuning in. And uh, if you have any ideas for future content that you'd like to hear, write us at fueledbytheoutdoors at gmail.com and uh hit us up maybe comment on this episode or something mm -hmm. and uh just ask us some questions or uh you know suggest some content that you'd like us to bring to you and we'll do our best so anyway have a great weekend guys see ya see ya <laughs>